Thank you for joining us today. This is Expository Insights with Pastor Lyle Wall. Today we launch into a new series, The Venture and Victory of Faith from the Book of Joshua. So, let's get going. Today we begin a new sermon series, The Venture and Victory of Faith, from the book of Joshua. As the book opens, Israel is still outside the promised land. It had been almost 700 years since God promised Abraham, I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land where you live as a stranger, all the land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession and I will be their God. God's promise of this great blessing was clear and irrevocable. But Israel's possession or experience of being in the land was conditional on being faithful to him. Question. Do you experience the spiritual blessings that belong to you? I am sure that we all want God's blessings. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that God has blessed us, that is, has blessed all believers, you and me, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And yet at times we may think and feel that we are missing out on God's blessings, at least to some extent. It is common to want and even expect God's blessings and victory without being faithful to Him. Some of God's blessings are conditional on our being faithful, being obedient to Him. As God prepared Israel to enter and live in the land, He promised them that there were blessings for obeying Him and curses for not obeying Him. Deuteronomy chapter 28 opens, Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I am commanding you today, that the Lord your God will put you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings will come to you and reach you if you obey the Lord your God. The next verses detail some of those blessings before turning to curses for not obeying God. We forfeit blessings and experience defeat when we are not faithful to God, when we do not think, plan, and act with faith in Him in line with the truth He gives us in the Scriptures. Going on in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15 records Moses telling the people, But it shall come about, if you do not obey the Lord your God, to be careful to follow all His commandments, and his statutes, which I am commanding you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. The next 53 verses detail the curses, the discipline of God on them if they would not obey him. The book of Joshua shows us how to possess our blessings, how to experience victory. God told Joshua and the people, Let's get going. It is time to move forward in faith into the land. God says the same thing to us. Let's get going. Venture out in faith and I will bless you. 
give you victory. So, let's get going. We need some background. We need to set the scene for the book and the experience of Joshua and the nation we see here. The scene opens with God's call to Joshua. The book of Joshua and its place in the Bible is important in understanding the flow of Israel's history. God's promise to make a great nation from Abraham is recorded in Genesis. God told him, Go from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Then Exodus records God's deliverance of Israel from slavery in Egypt. Leviticus reveals God's holiness and the holy requirements for his people. Numbers relates Israel's wandering in the wilderness because of unbelief and stresses the importance of trusting God. Deuteronomy stated and interpreted the law in preparation for Israel to enter the land. And then the book of Joshua notes the end of wandering and possession of the land by faith. God's call to Joshua came long before the opening scene in this book. Let's take a brief look at his journey. Joshua was born in Egypt and went through the Exodus. According to Numbers chapter 13, verse 16, his parents named him Hoshea, meaning salvation. But Moses changed it to Yehoshua, or Yeshua, which we know as Joshua. This new name means God is salvation, and is the Hebrew equivalent of Jesus. Shortly after leaving Egypt, Moses appointed Joshua to lead an army to face the Amalekites who attacked them. God gave Joshua and his forces victory. Joshua became Moses' servant or assistant. For example, he went up to Mount Sinai with Moses when God gave him the law. Then he was one of the twelve men sent to check out the land God was giving them. Ten came back saying the land was great, but the people there also were great. The ten said those people were too strong, so they could not go up against them. Only Joshua and Caleb said, We should by all means go up and take possession of the land, for we will certainly prevail over it. The people accepted the majority report, refused Moses' encouragement, and even wanted to stone Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb. God's judgment was that the entire generation from age 20 and up would wander for 40 years and die in the wilderness. Only Joshua and Caleb from those age 20 and up would enter the land. Joshua did not know, he could not have known, the far-reaching consequences of his choice to trust and obey God. Here is an important principle and lesson for us. Every choice we make has long-term consequences. Let me repeat that. Every choice we make has long-term consequences. We also don't know at the time what they will be. So it is important to rely on the truth and wisdom of God when we make our choices, 
even those that may not seem to be all that important. Yes, God forgives our poor, foolish choices, but every choice we make has long-term consequences. Because of Moses' disobedience at Kadesh, recorded in Numbers chapter 20, God did not allow him to enter the land. Knowing that, Moses asked God to appoint a successor who would lead the people. God chose Joshua, whom he described as a man in whom is the Spirit. God did not choose him because he was a great leader, although he was. God did not choose him because he was a great general, although he was. God did not choose him because he was a faithful servant to Moses, although he was. God chose him primarily because of his spiritual qualifications. That principle is the same today. Do you choose to be filled with the Spirit? That is, do you choose to give control over to God through the Holy Spirit? Do you see evidence in your life of growing in godly character which the Holy Spirit produces as you faithfully follow, faithfully obey God? Moses died at the age of 120 after God had shown him the land from the top of Mount Nebo, opposite of Jericho. Scripture tells us, Although Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eyesight was not dim, nor had his vigor left him. It also tells us that God himself buried Moses' body in the valley in the land of Moab, and no one knows that place. For thirty days the nation mourned the only leader that generation had known. And so we come to God's charge to Joshua as the nation now stands just outside the land. Look at the opening lines. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. God's charge was, get going, enter, and to take the land which, God said, I am giving to you. The land was God's gift. It was their inheritance, but they would face conflict. They would have to move forward in faith to conquer the land. Finally, finally, after the generations of slavery in Egypt, after the 40 years of wandering, after 700 years since God gave Abraham the promise, finally, the time had come. God had prepared this rebellious people for four decades for this time. Years earlier, God had told Moses, Joshua the son of Nun, who stands before you, shall himself enter there. Encourage him, for he will give it to Israel as an inheritance. Again, God told Moses, Commission Joshua, and encourage him, and strengthen him, for he shall go leading the people, and he will give to them as an inheritance the land which you will see. Yes, 
God would fight for them and give them victory. But Joshua and the people needed to be strengthened and encouraged for the fight. How are we doing at encouraging and strengthening each other to face spiritual conflicts and experience victory? Yes, God is our strength. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. The Bible also tells us that God uses us as a means to strengthen each other. While Isaiah chapter 35 focuses on the future, its call applies to us today. Strengthen the exhausted and make the feeble strong. The Apostle Paul traveled to churches and, as Acts chapter 15 verse 41 tells us, he was strengthening the churches. This is not a packaged 7 or 13 session program. It is not just for times of great crisis or opportunity. God calls and expects us to encourage and strengthen one another day after day over the long haul. Paul told the church at Thessalonica to keep on encouraging and building up one another, to keep encouraging the faint-hearted, to keep helping the weak, and be patient in doing this. With this challenging call came God's promise. Joshua was not on his own. Note three parts of God's promise to Joshua. First, there was God's promise of possession. He would lead Joshua and the people to take the land he promised them. Look at verse 3. God told Joshua, Every place on which the sole of your foot steps, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. God's design was for Israel to take the land over time. As Moses told the people earlier, the Lord your God will drive away those nations from you little by little. Wherever Joshua went, whatever region or place he led Israel to take, God would give them. This was God's promise. They would possess the land. Yes, there are questions about the boundaries of the promised land, about how much of it Israel has actually possessed, and their being out of the land for so long. But God promised Abraham that he was giving him and his descendants the land forever. Think about God's certain, unchanging promises to you. He has promised, If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He has promised, Everyone who believes in Christ will not perish, but have eternal life. He has promised, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you, because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you also will be. He has promised, Peace, I leave you. My peace, 
I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled nor fearful. He has promised, No temptation has overtaken you except something common to mankind. And God is faithful, so he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. He has promised that he will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He has promised, This is the confidence which we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked of him. These and so many more are God's certain promises to you as you get going and move forward in faith. In addition to the promise of possession, God gave Joshua the promise of his presence. Go to the middle of verse 5. God tells Joshua, Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not desert you nor abandon you. Now drop down to the middle of verse 9. Do not be terrified nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God promised he would be with Joshua as he was with Moses. Exodus chapter 33 records that God spoke to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. And God told Aaron and Miriam, after they had criticized their brother Moses, with him, Moses, I speak mouth to mouth, that is, openly, and not using mysterious language, and he beholds the form of the Lord. So, why were you not afraid to speak against my servant, against Moses? So God was telling Joshua, Remember how I always was with Moses, personally and clearly, in bad times as well as the good. So I will be with you. Moses had told him this earlier. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or in dread of them, for the Lord your God is the one going with you. He will not desert or abandon you. And the Lord is the one who is going ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not desert you or abandon you. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. God has promised to be with each of his children today. Jesus said, I am with you always to the end of the age. He also told us the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. You can count on it. God is with you always. The last part of this promise is of power. God's power to be with Joshua to accomplish all that God had for him to do. Verse 5. No one will be able to oppose you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not desert you nor abandon you. Be strong and courageous, 
For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. It is God who has the power to overcome, to defeat the enemies Joshua would face, to give him victory. Years later, at the end of his life, Joshua reminded the nation's leaders that God had kept this promise. He told them, The Lord has driven out great and mighty nations from before you. And as for you, no one has stood against you to this day. God promises us the power we need today and every day, the power to serve him. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He will give us the power we need for all things all aspects of life. Scripture tells us God is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power, His power, that works within us. Multitudes in heaven shout, Hallelujah! Salvation, glory, and power belong to our God. Yes, God who owns power to whom power belongs, promises to give his people the power we need. God is a promise keeper. You may recall Joshua's word to the nation just before he died. Now behold, today I am going the way of all the earth, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one word of all the good words which the Lord your God spoke concerning you has failed. They all have been fulfilled for you. Not one of them has failed. God kept all his promises to Joshua, but Joshua had responsibilities. Blessing and victory came as he trusted and obeyed God. This shows us the unchanging truths of the venture and victory of faith. God promises us spiritual growth and victory, prosperity and success through faith and obedience. But, as one writer puts it, God's promises are prods, not pillows. Joshua's responsibility began with being strong and courageous. God tells Joshua this three times in this brief opening section. We begin with verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Go on to verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may achieve success wherever you go. Skip down to verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Again, these were not new words. 
It was not a new call or responsibility. Moses had told them this earlier. Joshua was not to be strong and courageous in his own strengths or abilities, but, in the words of the Apostle Paul, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I suspect there were times when Joshua wished God would make the conquest easy, or at least easier. I don't recall where I first read or heard it, but I will always remember the statement that Christ did not come to make life easy, but to make us strong. So, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Joshua was responsible to be strong and courageous in faith, to experience victory. And so are we. Always remember, never forget, Christ did not come to make your life easy, but to make you strong. And then God also told Joshua to obey his word. Being strong and courageous in the Lord and obeying his word are steps of faith. In verse 7, God tells Joshua, Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may achieve success wherever you go. Joshua was to be careful to obey God's word which he had given through Moses. To be careful because this is indispensable to victory. As fallen people, we naturally tend to ignore God's word, especially when it runs contrary to what we think and want. We also are experts at rationalizing why we don't have to take God and his word all that seriously in everything, all the time, or to rationalize interpreting God's word to suit our own desires, viewpoints, and priorities. This obedience was to all God's word at all times, in all situations. In verse 8, God tells Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Here is the process for developing an obedient heart. Read and meditate on God's word regularly. Talk about it. Discuss it. Share it with others. Saturate yourself in the scripture. Love it and live it. The Spirit of God who was in and with Joshua would teach and apply, challenge and correct him so he would keep in touch and in line with God. Joshua's success depended on this. We go back to verse 7. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may achieve success wherever you go. And the end of verse 8, For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will achieve success. This prosperity and success is not about bank accounts and property. 
The basic sense of the word success is grounded in being wise or prudent, and so can refer to being successful in accomplishing a goal. The basic sense of the word prosper is to accomplish something satisfactorily. It is all about accomplishing something immeasurably more important than bank accounts, property, or popularity. It is about God's plans and works for you. If we are defeated, it is not because God has failed to provide the truth, guidance, and power we need, but because we have not committed ourselves to know Him and His truth, and then, in faith, to obey Him. It takes this devotion to God's Word to walk in the good works which God has prepared for you. That is success for time and eternity. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Question. Are you experiencing the blessings God has given you? Or are you wandering around in a spiritual wilderness because you have not ventured out in faith? It is time to get going, to learn, as Joshua did, that success, that victory comes by stepping out in faith and being strong and courageous in the Lord and obeying Him. Review where you are at in your walk of faith. Determined to be strong and courageous, to live in and by God's Word, to walk by faith. Determined not to wander in a spiritual wilderness, but walk in the path of God's good works, blessing, and victory. Thank God that He then will make you spiritually successful and prosperous. He will fulfill His promises to you. Bow with me in prayer. God, our great and gracious Father, thank you that you reached down to us and redeemed us, that you accepted us and gave us everlasting life. Thank you that you do not leave us on our own to struggle, to battle in this world of sin. Thank you that you give us your unlimited power for victory. Forgive us for times and situations in which we have not trusted and followed you. We pledge now to step out in faith, to get going in living by and growing in faith, so we can experience victory for your glory and our good. Amen.